Alvin DeFear from Cecil B. Trumpington. That'd be me. Hutton Orbital, Eden, somewhere in Alpha Centauri. Too bloody far away, if you ask me. Regarding those invoices on your desk. Dear sir, further to the missive of the other day, I would like to tender an explanation as to the invoice on your desk. I had proceeded as instructed to Hutton Orbital, whereupon I met with fellow truckers who very, very kindly agreed to load the pool type 9 lovely craft up with mugs for the mug. In their eagerness to satisfy your trucking needs, there seems to have been a little bit of a manifest error. For with every 30 tons of mugs, uh, for the mug, there also happens to have been some gin. Ordinarily, this wouldn't have vexed me terribly, but I was very aware about your standing orders not to waste the long, long, very, very long journey to Hutton. So, showing initiative, I decided that the best thing to do would be to dispose of the gin. Now, being near the orbital, and not wanting to cause shipping hazards, I proceeded to proceed a few kilometers away. Now, at that point, an idea came upon me. Normally, the eject old cargo button has gaffer tape over it. But, aha, I thought, I have an idea. and removed the tape, pushing the button to eject all of the gin. This was my first error, for I had forgotten about the mugs, for the mug. So I attempted to scoop up all of the mugs, uh, for the mug, but not the gin. Unfortunately, some gin did materialize back in my cargo hold. Not much. On returning to Hutton, only a few kilometers away, I asked very, very nicely for some more mugs uh, for the mug. But there was some gin in the way. So I proceeded to dispose of the gin. This was my second error. Having now filled the hold with mugs for the mug and set my destination, I duly jumped. Now I can't really remember. It might have been a binary system. 
I'm not quite sure. However, I correctly proceeded forthwith to the station. Upon arrival, I found the right side of the station, damn confusing things, and proceeded into that little letterbox-shaped thing. This was my third error. The docking controller clearly doesn't know what is what, as he told me off for entering without permission. So I turned the pool type 9 around. And this was my fourth error. You see, a type 9 doesn't fit. It's too big. And there was this viper. Ruddy thing got stuck to my canopy. Couldn't see a thing. So I decided to scrape it off using the toast rack. And that was my final error. It sort of exploded. A bit. And there were alarms. And there was shooting noise. In my haste to remove myself from the situation, I appear to have pushed the wrong button. The one with no gaffer tape on it. Some silly idiot took the gaffer tape off. Anyway, you might ask what this has to do with the invoice. Well, upon my return to Hutton Orbital, I retired to the gentleman's facilities to avail myself of the plumbing. I seem to have committed a bit of a faux pas in Cubicle 3. Your indulgence is appreciated. Sincerely, me. What's the Empire got against followers of ancient wizards, anyway? Um, come again? They chased a load of Merlinists out of their homes. You plonker, that's Marlinists! You mean they don't like those fish with the big spikes at the front? Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone. In the midst of a turbulent galaxy, you can rely on our programme to bring you back to Earth with a bump. (coughs) Assuming you've got the sole permit, that is... Still serving the rest of their sentences, I have with me tonight, Harry the Teabag Balzac. Good evening, Rudolph. Good evening, listener. Wilma Knuckles Fingerdoo. Hello, everyone. The apology, I'll make you sorry, officer. Sorry. Norma the Pan Snockers. Hello, everyone. And Lou, it's all my fault, Snockers. Boobs. It has been a while, hasn't it, Lou? You've been away, that is. Anyway, I I think the listener's been enjoying themselves far too long. Uh, No, that didn't sound the way I meant it. I suppose, um, yeah, I'd uh, better get on with the uh, headlines. Eddie Lee Wise goes into hiding to avoid a hiding. Conflagration consternation after baked cake mistake. Teeny tiny Tina Terror takes on Lacon. Booster lag is real drag, say commanders. 
Palantir's Palantir refuses to come unstuck. Atrus 5060 appears to have woken from his stupor. I'm back and working out what state you've all left Hutton Space in. And I've got more from the community on their events. First, this evening, shocking developments in dastardly Don Antonacci's efforts to make his mark on the historical system of Lave. Last week, we reported that he was attempting to gain access to the inner echelons of the station's administration by any means necessary. Applications were received by Lave Radio under both his real name and a number of dodgy-sounding pseudonyms, including Big Don, Mr. P. Irat, and M. Notodon. These were given the usual due consideration by our sister station's broadcast team before being filed in the round cabinet under the desk. In retaliation, it appears that the Antonacci has contacted a number of his more dodgy friends and issued a bounty for the head of one Eddie Lee Wise, notable local personality, tailor and man about lave. The bounty states that Eddie and Sons but not his daughters, as the Don is an old-fashioned sort of guy, have a mark on their heads that's worth a few thousand credits for anyone bold enough to apprehend them. We understand that Eddie's wife Barbs and his husband Ken are both under armed guard from private security firm Taylors of Lave, who specialise in close personal protection, putting the boot in, and of course, very, very straight seams. We'd like to reassure commanders that the only crimes that Mr. Wise has ever committed are those against fashion early on in his career, attempting to bring into fashion such notable disasters as the double denim flight suit, braces with everything, and of course steeplejack chic, complete with impact-proof flat cap and donkey jacket. It was the birthday this week of a very special person, a much-loved and very patient member of our troupe. Flossie, like our very own Vantier, is permanently 21. Though, in her case, it's in base 33. Never one to let an occasion slip by and knowing that the pub was in lockdown, so there was no way out of the house. Robbie, aka Commander Wrongway, decided that he'd dust off his best pinny, unleash his inner Mary Berry, and bake! Bypassing his illegible signature and demonstrating that he's in no way technical, our own Nadia of the North went straight for the showstopper. Out came the tins, the flour, the sugar, the ostrich eggs, the finest vanilla flown directly from Madagascar, the chocolate hand ground by maidens in Mexico, the pinch of this, the sprinkling of that, the promise of the other, and at least it was done. Wishing he'd thought to assemble it in another room, Wrongway realised that the kitchen wasn't big enough to be able to get in a good view of the entire cake at one glance. From the delicately perfumed gingerbread at the base to provide stability, past the lightest of sponges filled with champagne buttercream and covered in hundreds of handmade fondant miniatures of Flossier's cherubs. Up past the millefeuille layers of crispy, flaky pastry, sandwiched with macaron in a myriad colours, 
each with a different exotic filling and stenciled with love poetry in Sanskrit. Higher still went the delicate sugar work of glossy ribbons, blown sugar balloons filled with helium that floated past, each with a congratulatory quote from friends at the Pilots' Federation, and higher still, the laid layer of dacquoise, that delicately piped swirl of nutty meringue designed to form a stand for the candles. Flossie stood in the doorway to the kitchen and tried to take it all in, but gave up. Robbie took inspiration from his last Hockney retrospective, took dozens of Polaroid photos and stuck them together in a collage, which he spread over the dining room table to show Flossie what he'd done. The pinnacle, the crowning glory, was a remote control hotas, which he pressed into Flossie's trembling hand. Go on, you know you want to, he said. Flossie grasped the joystick and guided a drone carrying a lit match up to the dizzying heights of the top of the cake and nudged it forward until flame licked at wick. Now, I don't want anyone to get the impression that we're saying that what followed was in any way at all related to the number of candles involved in the conflagration. Sorry, incident. We're convinced that it was because the cake was so tall that there was no room between the candles, however many, and the smoke detector. Because immediately there was a wailing cry from the ceiling, followed pretty close on by a similar one from a figure on the ground. Fearing for their safety, and knowing he'd be the one that had to repaint the room, Robbie, quick as a flash, went out into the corridor, grabbed the nearest container of water and emptied it over the cake. There was a loud hiss, and fortunately the blaze was extinguished. Robbie and Flossie turned to each other, a mixture of relief and dismay crossing their features as they became of a slow, aware of a slow tapping sound coming from behind them, which turned out to be the tap, tapping foot of floor mopping guy, whose bucket Robbie had just taken. Now, we don't know which room the floor mopping guy had been working on immediately before this incident, but the cake was reported to have an interesting flavour afterwards. Flossie's kindly brought in a piece for each of us to try, but in the interest of making sure that we all survive to the end of the show, we're keeping that treat for the very end. After last week's shock expose by Commander Fosdyke, and no, we don't mean the pictures of commanders in the skimpies that he published all over Galtwit. Our reporting team caught up with him to find out the latest on part-time Galnet celebrity and pin-up slash part-time secret agent, Tina. The last we saw Tina, she was pictured relaxing at home with a hot beverage from a dodgy knockoff Hutton mug, though our reporters traced her ongoing movements over subsequent days meeting some shady types down in a docking bay and buying herself a new uniform. It appears that potentially, in an effort to distract attention away from her fake ones, Hutton mugs that is, she donned a set of official Lacon deck crew overalls and managed to hide amongst the busy docking crews, giving incoming asps a good going over. Shocking pictures have emerged of Tiny Tina of the Agents of Spade running at speed from a departing Type 7, shortly before the ship's cargo had a rapid, unscheduled disassembly of the fiery kind. The ensuing explosion scattered canisters across the docking bay, and it appears on first inspection that they were all filled to the brim with fake 
and mugs. Was Tina trying to cover up her misdeeds? Is she secretly on a mission from Dog? And the mug in her quarters was part of her investigation? Did she get her Lacon overalls from Buck Naked, formerly of Lacon Spaceways? After all, he never wears them. Or anything, anyway. Early pictures emerging from the scene have shown Tina to be running from the disaster zone with something that looks suspiciously like a detonator in one hand. She has now vanished back into the underworld, and our Galtoid account has been mysteriously silent. But Commander Fosdak is attempting to track down the rest of the Agents of Spade with his long lens and give us a paparazzi's eye view of what's going on. He has located one more of these secretive characters, who goes by the codename Rita, and his lens has been able to make out a matching tattoo on her that looks suspiciously like the one on Tina. Are these femme fatales in league with the Don and spreading fake muggery across the galaxy? Are they actually trying to stop mods via covert means? Scientific analysis of the wreckage from the Type 7 explosion has concluded that not only do the mugs resemble official mods preventing Hutton mugs, they do have warming properties similar to the originals. It appears, though, that they don't use frameshift energies to maintain the temperature of your beverage, but rely on unstable isotopes of radioactive elements. Too many mugs, too close together, and the result without state-suitable shielding is an explosion of devastating proportions, which, coincidentally, is exactly what happened to the hapless Type 7. The Hutton Orbital Police Service, or HOPS for short, have asked for anyone with a fake Hutton mug to dispose of it immediately, and safely, and to contact them for further safety information. They've also asked Tina to hand herself in to assist them with their inquiries, which is a euphemism for we haven't got a clue, but we're going to arrest everyone anyway. With the latest community goal having come to a close, due to a sterling effort by the Galactic Community, Hackswing and the Anti-Xeno Initiative, a number of commanders have taken to Galactic Forums to express their frustration that despite being paid many millions of dollars for their work, the promised Guardian Frameshift Booster has yet to be delivered or even unlocked. It appears that the Pilots' Federation underestimated the enthusiasm for these items, as well as woefully underestimating quite what was involved in obtaining quite so many of them in short order. They've sent a number of megaships over to Guardian sites armed with trowels, little brushes and big wheelbarrows to unearth enough Guardian parts to build thousands of the boosters in one large batch. Xeno archaeologists have been working overtime to catalogue their findings and pull out the necessary items and noting that any sensible engineer worth their salt would just accept a bribe of a few boxes of cigars or maybe a nice Lavian brandy in return for their work. It should be noted that the loudest complainers saying that they haven't had their free stuff yet have actually turned out to have had one already, and the majority of the participants in the community goal are happy to wait on Galactic Second Class posts for their goodies. Backlogs are expected to clear by the end of the week, by which time all that will remain is the queue outside the delivery office of people waving we're sorry you weren't in cards and demanding that the items be transferred for free to their nearest station instead.
The illustrious Commander Palantir became entangled in a tricky situation at Eddie Lee Wise's boutique on the parade at Hutton earlier this week. He tried on a new helmet model in preparation for the much-vaunted walking around on planets thing, which is due next year. Our intrepid hero struggled to get the aforementioned helmet onto his dome until finally he had to be assisted by one of Mr. Wise's sons and his daughters and a mallet. Once on, he complained that it was a bit snug, despite all the attending staff commenting on how well it suited him. He declined Mr. Wise Jr.'s suggestion that he wear it out of the shop and instead asked if his helmet could be removed due to the incredible pressure on his skull and as his nose was now blocking the view from his left eye. There followed an impassioned and sustained attempt to remove the offending item of head joy from Palantir's Palantir, with the Wise brothers pulling at the hapless commander's legs while the Wise sisters focused on his helmet. In the end, not even Mr. Wise Sr.'s attempts to loosen it up with blow torch could shift the crushing head protector and only succeeded in singeing the prisoner the prisoner's ostentatious ear hair, filling the limited space inside with the smell of burning hair, which in turn led to a sneezing fit. Finally, after a trip to the infirmary, Nurse Wyeth was able to use medical grade butter to remove the palantir from his confinement to the accompaniment of a loud popping noise and three pints of sinus fluid splashing onto the infirmary floor. Commander Palantir has since been diagnosed with having a massive heed. Described by Nurse Wyeth as looking like a snowball on a toothpick, he has also been directed to buy future head coverings from the Big and Pretty section. Good evening, trackers. Atrus5060 reporting with all the latest on all things Thargoids. I am happy to report that the Thargoid assault on the Witch Head Nebula, it's been terrible, has been thwarted. Hooray! It was so lovely seeing Hackswing back in action alongside the AXI, or is that AXI, and other anti-Zeno groups. Local citizens have been sending out thank you messages across all frequencies, though somehow those pesky wedding barge communications are still getting through all of that noise. It's absolutely amazing how someone is admitting on an open frequency how they haven't written their vows. Anyway, I digress. Humanity has saved once again all thanks to the valiant efforts of you truckers and of course the independent commanders. Carriers have already begun the journey back to the bubble so if you need a lift be sure to dock up before they all leave. Though to be careful I once made the mistake of not checking the destination manifest and ended up 25,000 light years away from the bubble. Anyway, thank you again to all the truckers for all the hard work. I'm off to the Pleiades to continue prodding the Eagle Eye installations to see if they will ever update. Good luck out there, truckers. For the mug. Happy quarter century to Alvin. Not his age, of course. The number of systems under his control. Well, Almost. More on that in a moment. The LPs, the Wolfs, the Epsilons, George's Pants, Home, all looking nice and stable. Influence is about where we want it, and no obvious threats from anyone. 
keep your eyes peeled for posts from custodians or messages in the helper for individual systems, but apart from that, all is well. All? Not quite. Wise 0855-0714 is too high. Much too high. About 20% too high, really. So if you'd be so kind, go and nudge us down a little. Shouldn't be too hard. It's a tiny system, fairly easy to sort out. On the other hand, we've seen a rapid rise in PSPF-LF2, and unchecked, that could go above 70% quite quickly. And the last thing Lael needs is expanding piss flaps, so... Rincewing Cymru, if you're listening, gather some minions and sort it out. Otherwise I'll send Alvin after you. Over in Colonia, it's rather boring, I'm afraid. I did try and read Hanky's brief, but the only exciting bit turned out to be a typo. We've not dropped three and a half thousand percent in Doriso after all. We're heading towards an election in Tyr, but that's hardly news, is it? Back in the real galaxy, as I'm sure you're all aware, we have moved into Narnia or Nonsense or Narenses or somewhere, and that means we have a system that we don't control. Snuggles has checked it all out, and aside from taking control from the Narensis organisation, there's a shiny orbital facility we can win. So, the orders are... Gloves off, truckers! Hammer that influence and head for the top, bulldozing any opposition in the way. All hail Alvin. Over to Norma. After last week's huge list of forthcoming events, there's not a lot that's new this week, but we have some updates. Preparations for Speedball 4, uh, bit.ly slash SB4 forum, note the capital F for forum, which will be on the 21st and 22nd of November, are going ahead. There are now at least four carries in the system supporting the training efforts, Yes, people train for these things. They're not all like you, you know. You know who you are. Current runs top out at around 3,600 metres per second, posted by Phobia, which is still a good deal slower than the theoretical maximum speed. Sadly, no one has dared do training runs with the more outrageous ships. Only Commander Iceman Asbo 27 did a safety run in his corvette, buzzing the hilltops at around 3,300 metres a second. The Lithobrate carrier is the official carrier, staying in system the entire time, providing repairs, shipyard for transfers and outfitting including module transfer. No shop or UC though. Operation Wolf Hunt is still on pause. So efforts have been concentrated on Marines this week. And here's a new one. The Titan contractors are launching Trip Epsilon, visiting the Generation ships each Saturday. Details at bit.ly slash Trip Epsilon. Hashtag, hashtag Trip Epsilon. <laughs> and on their Discord channel. This is open to everyone. If you want to get involved and explore the Generation ships, you have two more days to dock with the TOC Solaris or TOC Tiger in Ross 104. We'll bring you more updates on events as the start gets closer. And of course, if you know of any events you'd like us to feature, just get in touch. 
And welcome back into the studio. This is now the the more relaxed bit of the show where we uh, can sit back, chat to the uh, presenters, say hi to the the audience who aren't in the green room because it's not a green room week. That's next week. And um, catch up with all the other goings on in the galaxy. As usual, we have a, a little bit of music from the community. We've got one of our adverts. We've got a bit of a sketch for you. We've got... What else have we got? Dead meat. We've got... Um, uh, uh, some galnets. No, 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 no. Well, oh, no. Hang on a second, Flossie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> double, double pan. She's she's <laughs> twin handing it. This one with the left and one with the right. <laughs> well, you should know better than to ask me. Yeah, well, we, we've got some we've got some Galnet News Digest with I think it's with Beetle Jude and Commander Wotherspoon again this week. We have the Galnet Food Digest. It sounds delicious. Amelia, are you, are you are you still salivating after this week's one? I, uh, yes. I mean, oh my god, truffles! Oh, oh my the god, heady, truffles. heady aroma. <laughs> um, and oh, we, we've got the CG news from Flossie, who's been kept very, very busy by all the CG goings on. I mean, it's it's not one; it's the next one, then it's the next one. It's never ending, is it? Be careful yeah, what you wish wrong. for. <laughs> <laughs> be, be careful what I wish for. Well, well. <laughs> I've just I've just noticed there's a button missing on this control panel as well. Is that? Yeah. Is it fallen off? Is it on the floor? It's Have a fallen look. off. <laughs> somebody's nicked my button. Flossie. Someone's nicked Ooh. the Flossie button. Anyway, oh. well, I'll, look. Somebody will somebody will root around under the desk, but it's okay. It's not till later in the show, so we'll we'll root around under the desk later to make sure which which tune are you going with? Is, is it still CG or do we miss the? You know, it's a CG still. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's still, still the CG one. No, it seems I'm, to be I'm going missed. in the theme of interstellar <laughs> initiatives, but... It does. I miss the interstellar initiatives music. Yeah, but they don't seem to be using that. It's no. the CGs. Well, I mean, it, it, we could we could just for old time's sake, I we suppose. We could cheat, yeah. yeah if, we've, I mean, if we've got one. <laughs> have we got one? Or did we, we completely delete that button when they finished? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> a, this is where we find out we don't have it. I've got no, a copy of the button if you need it. I've got, I've, I found it in a in a dusty box somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hang on a second. It, look, there's a couple under the desk here. There's somebody's space bar under the desk, and there's a couple of enter keys. And look, who's been messing with the P? Who took the Sorry. P? Anyway. It wasn't me. I've got plenty of my own. Thank you. Do, do you know I what? Did I did see think guy in earlier. <laughs> yeah, no one's allowed to take the P here in the radio studio. I do think we might have. Have we got. Oh, we got. Have we got the. I've got the full button. I've got the big button, the big Interstellar Initiatives one. Should we, should we do that one just for old time's sake? Oh, Later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I tell, okay. I tell you what, let somebody <laughs> stick it. If, if the show looks like it's going to be show, uh, slow, if the show looks like it's going to be short, you could add another 20 minutes on by playing the full version. <laughs> <laughs> but if you play the full version, you need to listen to the harmonies in the background. They say things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Don't listen to the harmonies. <laughs> Things like she can have you killed. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, if 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 you play at half speed backwards, mm-hmm. this is mental. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to. I go bet there. that sounds sinister. <laughs> it's just very, very sinister. Um, but uh, yeah. So what do we what do we got this week? I mean, obviously, of course, Flossie, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. How is the new pan? I mean, you got given a new one. You've already managed to put two dents in it in this show. But, <laughs> it's sounding good. Yeah, I mean, any particular plans for the pan? I mean, other than smacking Lou around the back of the head every now and again? Yeah, that's... <laughs> He's spoiling you, that boy. Whose head sounds... gets in the way. Also, can you retire the old pan rather than using it as well? <laughs> well, 
Yeah, Falco Took says, I was today years old when I learned that Flossie dual wields pans. If you've not seen the picture that we put, I, actually, let me just put the picture up for those of you watching on, on Twitch. You can see her character there, Norma, from, from when she's in the Hutton Games room playing her, her, her World of Norma craft. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, are there pans in that shot? One for each hand? An offhand pan? Only one pan. Only you one. Know on, yeah. You know on PUBG? Only one pan in the left hand. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know on PUBG when you get one. a pan and you kind of wear it as a bit of armour to, to cover your rear? Right. And Norma's got two pans. Oh, he's going oh, off no. again. Norma, take yeah. a run up on this one. <laughs> okay. Off to, far side Here of the room come. first. Here we... Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> there we go there we go um yes so obviously i don't really want to introduce the rest of the team in the studio here we, we have got hiding in a corner over there somewhere is the apology officer hello how you doing oh the oh the sinus fluid oh, line yeah you know he'd been sneezing <laughs> a lot though hadn't he <laughs> what with all that smoke inside the helmet obviously that yeah. bobblehead that bobblehead was just the right picture. That, that's what I'm picturing. With, with that Palant- bobblehead is in proportion. Yes, to, to the to the size of Palantir's heed. heed. I resemble that remark. You do. <laughs> very much. The thing is, that actually, it was to do with your headphones, wasn't it? Your brand spanking new yes, studio yes. headphones. Yes, I ordered a brand new spanking set of headphones, the same model as as the apology officer yes has and and they, they arrived and i put put them on the side of my head and i felt like my head was in a vice it's now, so tight i'm currently wearing those headphones having having stolen well, them i stretched them for you <laughs> possibly <laughs> i opened the jar a bit for you first and i have to say they're probably the comfiest headphones i've ever worn so do you know, and, do you know my favorite thing about those headphones see when you look inside the the ear parts it says L and R, yeah. so you know which side. Which big way L and R in yes. big letters. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> big friendly letters. If I need to know which shoe to put on which foot, I just look at my headphones and you know, yeah, job done. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, obviously, we have got Amelia here as well. Amelia, hello, and and how was how was Tuesday? Hello, and Tuesday ended with a cliffhanger, didn't it? It was not my fault. It was completely your fault. Your you were. Fault. You were you- <laughs> No, I was proper sulking at our captain. <laughs> Obviously, having tried to stick him with a stun bat on, I missed, which didn't didn't work particularly well. But he has stopped seeing things now. Um, but yeah, I sort of sulkily pushed all the buttons on the navigation computer, and we may have ended up about seven times further away than we expected, in the wrong direction. Brings back memories yep. of the original Elite. <laughs> it could have been, in all fairness, it could have been a lot worse. You could have ended up on the other side of the galaxy in completely unknown and uncharted territory. Rather than relatively close, but without any fuel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And still not knowing when you are. What what can you see out of the port side, Captain? There's a lot of stars. And the starboard side? No, no, there's more stars. In fact, can anybody see anything that isn't really distant stars? Nope. There's some nearby stars. (laughs) You're currently in what they call dead space, so uh, and you're out of fuel as well. So I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to have to come up with something pretty ingenious to avoid starving out there in the cold black. No, we've got we've got months and months of food in that fridge. It's all delicious Galnet Food Digest special tasty food too. <laughs> I wonder I, why they call it dead space. Well, yes, we've played that game. It didn't end well because there's nothing there. <laughs> Is dead yeah. space where you get space invaders? No, it's where you get dead. <laughs> all right, yep, okay. It's where you get yeah. dead. And, and, yeah, and you're in a maze of twisty little stars, all alike. Oh, can I? Can I? <laughs> can I? Um, 
No, an axe. A, a, a dwarf appears and throws an axe or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and obviously, you have a few quotes that you you give off every single week. Are any of them publishable <laughs> on the radio station? Um, let me have a quick peek. Uh, we had. Well, at least uh, that, one of that one's isn't. not publishing. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not publishable. Um, does anyone have any social skills? Because I don't, and I do all the funking. Yep, yeah, talking. Yeah. Um, I think this one is one of yours. I think this is. Uh, there's an android in my bed in my cabin. He's unconscious, and I don't want to wake. Uh, I don't want him waking up after what I did to his ear. <laughs> it paints a paints a very vivid picture. That one. I did. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I did have to super glue his ear back on again. I might add. <laughs> Was it the right way up? Then there was just a very short one that said, it sucks hard. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, deep space, dead space does, does suck hard a little bit. Um, but anyway, so we, of course, Dead Meets Jeff, who is back from having plague. How, Good how evening. Was, how was Mods? Mods was uncomfortable, um, yeah. yes. But, was but it, it's all... You, you had sleepy Mods, you know. Yes, head, headachey and sleepy. Headachey, sleepy Mods. But you're, you're, you've had a, your hut and mug full of, I don't know... Grandma's chicken soup or something, and you're feeling a little bit better. I am indeed, yes. And, and, and did did you make family members care for you and say they're there and mop your brow for you? Uh, no, they were just slightly less annoying than usual. Oh, right, okay. Did they isolate you in a room of your own? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, and obviously we we, we do have uh, Palantir here, he of the Patisserie Pond. Uh, yeah, I admit nothing. You you admit nothing. <laughs> also, can, it's all my fault. Can someone fix that door frame after you walk through it? Yeah. It's a terrible yeah, place sorry. to have a patisserie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm getting really big sort of dark helmet vibes off Palantir at the moment, though. That's that's the thing. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I didn't go sort of, you know, over your head. It's sort of rounded to the side a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, hel- that helmet would be tight on him as well. Yeah. <laughs> go from the desert i did like the desert one in that film if, if you haven't seen the film you just go watch space balls because yeah yeah it, it's um a work of genius you don't know the power of the dark side of the schwartz <laughs> yes I hate, schwartz. When, I hate it when yeah. my schwartz gets in a twist and other such mm. memorable lines as she's gone from blow to suck <laughs> He's talking about Mega Maid. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you do have to go and watch it. And if you do know what I'm talking about, you're now itching to go and watch it. So, uh, yeah, what what else have we got going on this week? I noticed the Pilots Federation have been indulging a little bit of CQC this evening. CQC, what's that? Does nobody know it's the, the, it's, um, it's it's pretend fighty fighty. You know, where you get down, you say you can count to ten and get back up again. Yeah, I can't yeah, believe there are still people who don't know what CQC is. is. Close quarters, Close quarters combat. combat. Indeed. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I definitely had a few dates like that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, yep. no, it still exists. And it's for all those people who, who haven't yet got their fourth elite. I know people like King Hanky have got about a million elites between a, a thousand commanders. But um, Are any of them CQC, though? <laughs> yeah, I don't think mm. Hanky has a CQC elite. I think that's a challenge we should set to Hanky. I'm already a semi-professional. I'm on my way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do, ahead of me. We, we do host, um, courtesy of uh, Team Xbox, regular CQC uh, events, which you can find in the Hutton Diary. There's one in about, two, well, about a week. Um, yep. So I think it's about the, not this weekend, but the next weekend. 
Yeah, end of the month. So about about end the same of the kind month, of time yeah. as Green Room Week and, and CQC Week are about the same. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, while Team Hotbox are very well organised under their new hot boss, we have had the odd um, commander on PS4 and, and uh, PC turn up and go, right, well, what's happening here? And if you're the first person to ask that question, do you know what? Do you know what? You're numbered. I mean, you're... you're <laughs> Sorry, that's not wrong word. Oh, sorry. You <laughs> just volunteered to take charge. What happens is, if you do want to do the CQC, you can either just sort of queue in game and have a bit of it, or if you want to get into the TeamSpeak server that we're using here for this live broadcast on uh, ts.forthemug.com, you turn up and you'll you'll find a room. It doesn't matter what room. I mean, there's there's all sorts of rooms here. You could you could ask somebody to make your room, or you could go to the banter bus room, or all sorts. And you hop in there, and everybody else turns up, and you'll get together, and then you all get into teams. And if you have to ask the question, who's in charge here, guess what? You are. That's it. Yeah, uh, that's do is you, exactly it. You, you get into your wings, and if there's more than four of you, um, you get into two wings, and then you all get into each other's friends list, and you type three, two, one, go, and whoever's in charge of each team mashes the go button, and hopefully you get caught up in a you know a 4v4 multiplayer yeah. session. If there's, lots, if there's lots of you, you go for team deathmatch. If there aren't lots of you, you go for just deathmatch. Yep. And then you blow everything else up that moves and if you blow more things up than everybody else does then you win but just Mm -hmm. by taking part you get a little bit of credit towards your fourth elite rank yes and as you progress you unlock new ships and you unlock new weapons on the ship so i now have my favorite to use is the imperial fighter the gu 97 Mm-hmm. With gab with garbage cannons or what they call rapid fire rapid cannons. Oh, the ones really that garbage sort of cannons. rock rock people around and make them shake and yes, yeah, they make a lot of noise. Yes, womp 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 womp. Yeah, and, and that's the ones. Shake. Yeah, yeah, and, and then of course if you're on the receiving end of those, you really lose control of everything and die horribly screaming. Um, yeah, they're, they're really good. That's me. They- that's me on the end of burst lasers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the and then of course, yeah, you can pick up the little uh, boosts that boost your speed and everything else, and they're all set around these installations. Of course, you can find these installations in various systems and have a bit of a fly around them. But of course, other than taking out the odd dodgy pirate, there's not much to do. But in CQC, you get to fly in them and through them and round them, and yeah, yeah, you have to be there when a tournament's on. Yes, it's good fun. Yeah, and you know, it's it's good to shoot at your friends once in a while. The flossy. And of course, it doesn't yeah. affect your your combat rank, Flossie. So you can stay harmless and Did still blow people up. Yeah, I was on the Xbox, but my Xbox is out of action at the moment. Oh, that's well, not good. We're talking talking <laughs> of Xboxes and the PCs and the PS4. We've seen a lot of activity from Team PS4 in the last. Oh, couple that's of weeks. good. A lot of people cropping up saying, "Hi, I'm on a PS4. How do I join the group?" Um, and I and I think it's. Um, Commander Spike, um, Andrew, has been sort of grabbing people, I think, and sticking them into... Is it the Hutton Truckers group on PS4? But if you basically go to the Hutton Facebook page and just search on PS4, you'll see comments from the various PS4 team members. Um, they Some of them play solo. They don't really get together in the big wings that we've got on Hotbox and PC. Yeah. But we're trying to get the PS4 commanders together for a bit of a bit of a session. Maybe we can get a PS4 group together for CQC on that day. There's a mission. Maybe we could get somebody to be in charge of the PS4 group. Well, they sort of are. It's more, it's yeah. more of a conglomerate of commanders. I don't think that they, yeah. they seem to do it without a boss. An anarcho-syndicalist commune. Yes. <laughs> wolf nipple chips. It would be great. Get it would your be wolf great nipple to have chips. A, <laughs> it would be great to have a piss boss. 
Well, it would be. It would be. So yes, yeah. if, if you're that person, you're listening. Then then get in touch. But actually, they 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 manage quite well without it. We will put some appeals out on the the Facebook page uh, in a bit. So what else has been going on, um, Mr. Deadmeat? Being being our sort of resident charity superstar occasionally, and liking stretching your legs. Well, I do it. <laughs> well, okay. I, I like I like stopping stretching my legs, but but you can't stop stretching them without stretching them. So yes, yes, it's all a bit stretchy. So, so what, we've we've got something for people who do like stretching their legs, whether they're little legs or long legs. We do. It's the uh, the hearing dogs <coughs> virtual Great British Dog Walk. Um, which they generally have a, a Great British Dog Walk where you all meet up and walk your dogs, surprisingly. Um, but obviously, that's not quite as practical now. No, I mean, so social distancing. Dogs don't understand social distancing, do they? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you can't sniff other no. dogs' butts from two metres. I've tried. No, you can't. Not without a hose and a funnel. Well, mm. th- although I can smell my dog from about 200 paces. Um <laughs> But that's not sniffing its butt. That's just, it's noxious. So um, some details. Yeah, they're saying walk your chosen distance with or without your dog. So you could even do a virtual Great British Dog Walk with a virtual dog. A virtual dog, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I think you can do that on the real ones, can't you? You can just turn up and yeah, be part with, of with it. Yeah, with a sort of a, a coat hanger yeah. with, a, with a collar on the end of it and pretend you have an invisible dog. Indeed. Yep. Or take, they were very take popular a few family. years ago, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. So those pretend virtual. invisible dog things, yeah. And it's me... I can see me trying that one with it's not a dog, it's a bear. He, would, just, he, he goes for so far and then light and then lies down. And that's it. And he's, it's like, I'm not going further. If you want me to go further, you have to carry me. And, and, and how much does the bear weigh? Oh, 70, 75 kilos. <laughs> not a dog is a bear. Is a bear. Yes, yes. It's actually a bear. <laughs> um, I think the dog I bumped into today, if bear breathed in, it, it would just be in a oh, tornado yeah. and fly into its mouth. <laughs> He likes he likes small dogs, and, and and Flossie, why do we get involved with the Great British Dog Walk and the fundraising? Um, to raise the money for hearing dogs. And why do we raise money for hearing dogs? Well, it's one of our the charities that we that we support. And and who do we know that might be something to do with the charity that we support to do with the hearing dogs or the virtual hearing dogs? Alvin. That'd be Alvin, yes, our great and fluffy leader. Does well. yeah. and, Alvin. and Mike. <laughs> and Mike, yeah, the, the hairy Mike and the hairy... I should say Mike and Alvin. Yeah. Mike, Mike and the Alvin. Hairy, Mike, yeah. Mike first. The hairy one with the floppy ears and Alvin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, the um, and Alvin obviously was, was very kindly uh, provided to, to Mike by, by hearing dogs and uh, changed his life enormously. So we do everything we can alongside with you know, special effect as well, also to help out hearing dogs in uh, raising and training more little puppies into being awesome hearing dogs to, to uh, help people with hearing difficulties and uh, hearing loss. Not just company, but also important tasks like, oh my goodness, the smoke alarm's going off because Flossie's cake just caught fire. I find that unbelievable. <laughs> cool. mm-hmm. yes. I could see, I could see that putting Alvin into a tizzy because he's thinking that's cake and it's burning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never mind his training. That's instinct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did see one or two of the pastry chefs crying in a corner at the point it caught fire, uh, and then of course floor mopping by more floor mopping guy crying about the loss of all that bleach and. His, mm. his um, yes, bucket contents. 
It was just more benefit. I don't think Cubicle Cubicle 3 was doing just before, but I wouldn't rule against it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be allowed to eat my cake. I think the Prime Directive says I'm not allowed to interfere with life forms. (laughs) Well, certainly not that it's a few hours old and been out of the fridge. Yes. Yeah. The cake might get up and cakewalk its way out of the um, out of the room. Said hello to me earlier. I suspect that's a side effect of the fumes, not necessarily <laughs> the cake actually talking. Well, I suppose we better sort of blunder on with the show a little bit. Um, hang on a second, litho breaker. Was that how floppy is a floppy one with hairy ears? Oh, I suppose he could be a floppy one with hairy ears. Yes. Thank you, Litho Breaker. And nice to see you through the window of the green room. So what, what have we got coming up in a bit? We've, we've got, is there anything else from the community and any questions we need to ask? I'll, I'll tell you what, we do need to ask, is there anyone from the Hot Pit team here? Um, because without information, the Hot Pit might get into hot um, trouble. Yes. No, no one's here. No one's uh, here. Not- no one's here. <laughs> oh, well, they're all pointing at you. So, <coughs> oh, okay. so Narnia, back Narnia, in the wardrobe. Yes. Indeed. Yes, Furry don't... coats, lampposts, goat-legged people, evil witches. Turkish delight. Oh, I was avoiding that one. I now want some. So, <laughs> Nonsense, Narenses, Narnia, whatever it's called, is the new, new one. N- Nemesis. So we won the war. Nether Edens, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, we, we, we won the war. Um, yes, the right to remain. So we're, we're allowed to stay put. And then we've got a few factions between us and the top. We have. We have three between us and the top at the moment. Which would be the Narenses organisation, who are in control. The foreigners of the Luton 347-14 prison colony. Why we've got a bunch of prison colonists there, we don't know. Oh, I'm in with them. They're my pals. And the official Narinci's order. Yes. So I don't know whether there's an, an evil sneaky master plan to sort of lock a few of them so we can we can leapfrog them all. Well, goodness knows. But um, Snuggles McKeague has a plan which involves help us, help us, hurt them, hurt them. Mm. Yes. Uh, I mean, basically, the goal is just to fire up the system uh, because we uh, the, the people between us and the top don't have anything worth taking. Which means that when we pass them, we don't start fighting them. Because if there's nothing to fight over, you don't fight anymore. No, you just go um, past them and wave. Yes. Wave so I think it's not until we reach the prisoners that we um, get into a conflict. And I believe the reason they're there is because it's their their work camp. Um, they have a, a space, a, a, not, not a space station, one of the installations. Ah, right. So, so I assume really, that's some kind of work factory or, you know, making... No, that's their, that's their open prison as opposed to their closed one out back in Luton yeah, 347-14. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, the other thing to remember is they are they offer a permit as well, which is possibly mm. why they got so popular in the first place. Quite possibly, yes. But, uh, they're, you know, they're not only 4 or 5% more popular than us, so let's go get them. Ah. That's that then, yeah. Yep, well, that, that, that sounds <coughs> all right. Well, they're, they're currently suffering a, a combination of a boom and a terrorist attack, which seem to go together, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I probably wouldn't talk about a terrorist attack. It sounds yeah, I wouldn't, a little I wouldn't too call, coincidental. Yeah, I wouldn't call the other thing a boom either. Um, well. Uh, no, no one that's next to a terrorist attack. <laughs> boom, boom, 
in a literal sense, perhaps, rather than a, yes. a yes. metaphorical sense. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so that, that's that's the state they're in, and we we appear to be in a nun state in there. Yes, we're we're just recovering from the from the convent, what? so we'll be in the convent for a bit. Yeah, the mother superior's in charge. Yep. Yes, and I think the the um, the orbit the thing we're going for is it Yang Orbital, isn't it? Uh, once we've passed the prisoners and go for Narensis Organization, which is a strange name for a faction, but uh, yes, they have Yang Orbital. And Yang Orbital has market outfitting, some restocks and refuel, a shipyard repairs, Universal Cartographics, and they they do sell things like the Type Nine Heavy. Yep, nice there. So it's got some mm. reasonably good stuff. The outfitting's yeah, the outfitting's not too bad either. It's not not horrendous. It's a nice yeah, I mean, they do they do things like six B frame shift drives and only a B though. Four A's. They've got the four A's in there. Eight A yeah, so power distributors. Unless you're outfitting giant ships, you should be fine with the four A. Mm. Yep. So yeah, there's 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 plenty there. Um, other than that, you know, it, it looks it looks like quite a nice system as well. I mean, it's I mean, it's an ordinary K type star when you turn up. There's a few metal rich bodies that are landable with lots of goodies on them. Some of the rare stuff, molybdenums and uh, yeah, technetium on some of them. So uh, yeah, it's quite a nice little place to have. Yeah, we've got scavenging, racing, larking about. We haven't had a look at the planets and what they look like yet. So if anybody wants to do some sort of orbital photography or get down on the ground and see if there are any really good uh, sort of surface features, then please do and send us back some pictures as well. Right. I suppose we'd better head on to the next bit of the show. The mm. next thing we've got is we've got, a, we've got a tune coming up. And then after the tune, we've got the Galnet News Digest. Um, and then one of our adverts. So, um, Yeah. Put your feet up and uh, tune into this. This next tune is by our former hot boss, that is Tuffers himself, also known as Squibbo, on the Xbox One, and a tune that he wrote and performed himself called Hutton Lander. Enjoy this, and we'll be back in a bit. Incoming pilot. Hutton Mission Control. Your distance away from the orbital, 0.11 light years. Velocity is currently 1880 times the speed of light and climbing. We're standing by. There is certain anxiety at the moment. We are continuing to monitor your fuel levels. Hutton, out. Pilot, this is Hutton Control. You are on final approach. Throttle the blue. Keep it under six on the approach timer. You are good for supercruise approach. Caution. Pirate signal detected. Watch with continued interest. Hutton out. Incoming pilot, this is Hutton's mission control. We appear to have lost your signal. You have passed around the far side of Eden. We are continuing to monitor your progress. Hunt control, standing by. 
pilot. This is Mission Control. We have you on long-range scans. You are good for drop. You are good for drop. Hutton out. Mission Control. There is a cheer in the room. You are in visual range. Good for pad approach. Request permission for the mug. Everyone, this is Mission Control. Ship is legs down. Turkey has landed. There's a cheer here at control. Congratulations, Commander. You are a Hutton trucker. News Digest, 22nd of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, there is only one item, and it's about something happening next week. Horizons for All. Horizons for All. Horizons was released to Commanders nearly five years ago in 3301. New features continued to be added until April 3303, two and a half years ago. There are still many commanders who chose not to take the plunge into Horizons. But on Tuesday, the 27th of October 3306, millions of commanders will be granted permission to land on airless planets for the first time. Their ships will be fitted free of charge with the Planetary Approach Suite. The planetary approach line for landable planets will be blue instead of yellow. But what really lies on the horizon for such commanders, apart from that strange whining noise coming from their graphics cards? The big change is you can now land on those planets. After a careful approach and a nerve-wracking glide through the non-existent atmosphere, you will find yourself in a world of rapidly changing coordinates of poles and equators, of strange blue circles that indicate something of interest, but which disappear when you get below two kilometres, of plains, of canyons and mountains, of craters and crevasses, on icy, rocky, high metal content and metallic planets. There are planets with gravity so high that it's a struggle to keep your ship above ground. There are planets where the gravity is so low, it's hard to stay on the ground. There are huge planets with massive curving horizons, and there are tiny potato planets with lumps and bumps that are almost bigger than the planet itself. There are planetary bases where you can land without having to worry about the toast rack, and where you can buy strange commodities that you can't get up in the starports. Where you can get out of your ship and drive around in your Scarab Surface Reconnaissance Vehicle, or SRV. Where you can spend the best part of an hour trying to work out how to find your ship again, and wondering why there are high walls in between your SRV and all the garages. 
If you drive out into the countryside or fly your ship to some remote spot, you can get into your SRV, which involves blacking out briefly. And if you drive far enough away from your ship, you can make your SRV bunny hop using a sort of jetpack that's fitted to it. If you can do an awful lot of very long bunny hops, you can become a racer. There's a cannon in that turret. Try shooting some of those little skimmer defence units and see what happens. You can find minerals lying around. You'll want to collect those because you can use them to refuel your SRV to make your ship jump further, to restock your weapons with better ammunition, make your shields stronger. You have a magical pocket of holding for those materials. No matter what happens to you, even if you get blown up, your materials will still be there, safe in your magic pocket. There are strange secretive bases you can raid and steal materials and data. There are crashed ships and burned out SRVs, some of them with logs to explain what happened. Sometimes you may get missions to attack these bases. If you do your research using a detailed surface scanner, you can find interesting geological and biological sites where there are even more materials to collect if you shoot at them. If you're lucky, you might find a geezer that can launch you nearly into orbit. If you're very lucky, you might survive the descent back down to ground level. There are brain trees. And there are crystal forests. There are abandoned cities from the ancient Guardian civilization to explore with strange blue lights, with sentinel robots and plenty of interesting devices to explore and materials to collect. There are barnacle forests and thoroid structures oozing organic green tunnels, the walls rushing with liquid and scavengers clearing up the debris. There's a vast Thargoid machine inside if you dare go in. There are some very creepy research outposts that once belonged to the Intergalactic Naval Reserve Arm. And there's a crashed cobra belonging to a very famous person with information about a betrayal. There are engineers who can make your ships faster, your shields better, who can soup up your power plant and increase your jump range, and who can modify all your weapons to make them faster and more effective. You can buy ship launch fighters for some ships. These small, agile ships can massively increase your effectiveness in combat. You can hire crew to fly your ship launch fighters and develop their skills from novice to experienced pilot. You can also invite other commanders to join you in your ship to be your gunner or your fighter pilot. They arrive instantaneously from no matter where they were in the galaxy because they appear as holograms. You'll see them sitting on the bridge of your ship and they can watch you fly the ship. They bring an extra power pip. And they earn payment for helping you without affecting your income. Because you want to look your best, while you have guests on the bridge, you have a little makeup area where you can choose what you want to look like, change your costume and stitch on decals to your rather fetching flight suit. So, to summarise, you get to crash into planets and get killed in the Thargoid caves. You get to search for brain trees and crystal forests, but never actually find them even though you went to the right coordinates. You get to spend hours going round in circles trying to find the right goods and missions to unlock the engineers, then find you need materials you haven't got before you can get them to do anything at all to your frameshift drive. You have to get someone to sit on your ship and fire your guns at the wrong target, get you a bounty, or crash your ship launch fighter, or you can hire an NPC crew member to fly in a semi-competent way and take most of your earnings as wages. Here's a tip for the new Horizon Commander. If you get your SRV stuck in a rock or in a crevasse, all you need to do is load into the non-Horizons version of Elite. But if after all that, you really want to remain a spacer and don't want to land on planets at all, you can sell your planetary approach suite for 1,000 credits. 
So there really is something for everyone. And that will be next week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We anticipate the news so you don't have to. Commanders Wotherspoon and Beetlejude. A really utopian view of the future in the galaxy for once. Coming up, we have Flossie with the CG News. But first, that earlier news article about the Type 7 made me feel all nostalgic. So I went to the archive and I found this old 12-incher from Buck Naked. I've cleaned the dust out of the grooves so it should be ready to go. Howdy there, truckers. There ain't nothing old Buck likes more to start his busy day here at Lake On Spaceways than something hot and brown. That's right, a good old mug of joe. And in the evening, when I head home, I relax with good old sipping whiskey. Now, Buck here knows these things ain't made in factories. No, sir. They're made by hard-working farmsteaders. If you're wondering how these hard-working farm types get their equipment, and how the grain and beans get to my mug, let me tell you, it's delivered in a Lacon Spaceways Type 7. If you, like old Mr. Naked, need a barn with wings, you'll buy yourself one of these here vehicles. She's uglier than cousin Peggy Sue, with a forehead bigger than one of my prized steers, and longer than one of old Buck's tails. But when you need to grind that coffee run, she has it where it counts. And for an extra 2,000 credits, we'll even attach them steer horns in front of your cockpit. Now you be careful out there. Them Imperial types don't like you denting their toast racks with your oversized forehead. But rest assured, the Type 7 from Lake On Spaceways will be the backbone of your next farm trip. When the universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble Your home stations burned rubble What on earth can we do When your faction leader's a dog And your daily tasks are a slog You're feeling like a youth cog What on earth can we do now Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Ooh, Where's me washboard? Listen to what Flossie says. What on earth can we do? <laughs> do what Flossie tells you to. Yes. What if she talks nonsense? Interstellar. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Let Flossie tell you what it is. Then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Now we Flossie said, we can put this matter to bed. 
Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. First of all, last week's CG repelled the Thargoid attack in the Witchhead Nebula. Uh, it was completed in the early hours of Wednesday so that all five systems, Honorus, Lembas, Haki, Wellington and Shedmi systems, are protected. And for this week, we have two CGs. Started today at um, 1 o'clock UTC this afternoon. The Federal Initiative to Deliver Supplies for Marlinist Refugees and Federal Initiative to Protect Supplies for Marlinist Refugees. An aid charity is requesting deliveries of vital supplies to help Marlinist refugees that fled from the Empire to the Federation. Safeguard Interstellar, a humanitarian aid organisation, has announced a campaign to help refugees requesting political asylum in the Federation. Several Imperial factions sympathetic to Marlinism were placed under martial law, leading to civilians emigrating in huge numbers to federal systems. Local authorities have warned that without additional support, these refugees may trigger public unrest or food shortages. There is also a risk of unfamiliar contagions reaching the population. Noel Bowman, the CEO of Safeguard Interstellar, made this statement. These ex-citizens of the Empire have suffered at the hands of their own government and now seek freedom from persecution. Shelter, food and other necessities must be provided to satisfy their basic human rights. We urgently require shipments of basic medicines, clothing, food cartridges, fruit and vegetables and evacuation shelters to Fox Enterprise in the LFT-625 system from where they will be distributed to the Malinists. The more supplies that we receive, more systems we can offer sanctuary without strain on their infrastructure. Each target will provide enough aid to support one system in the following order. LTT-3607, Sharunda, Enid, Thetis, LTT-1935, then HIP-36081. Also, Safeguard Interstellar's intermediary, the Fion Liberals, has offered to pay handsomely for bounty vouchers collected from wanted vessels in the LFT-625 system. The initiative begins today, the 22nd of October, and will run for one week. If the final targets or the aid delivered earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering basic medicines, clothing, food cartridges, fruit and vegetables, evacuation shelters or bounty vouchers to Fox Enterprise in the LFT-625 system. And that's this week's CG News. Told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. I'd like to have a go at one of these, but I'm saving myself for a mining CG. And in the meantime, practicing over and over until there are no credits left in the galaxy except those in my account. <laughs> Sorry. Over to the apology officer for the sports results. Has anyone seen my tablets? 
Um, hello and welcome to the Hutton Sports Report. It's come to our attention that some of you think this part of the programme is not actually anything to do with sports and that it's just a way to present some of the statistics gathered by commanders who are running the Hutton Helper presented at hot.forthemug.com slash last week's winners in a way that's calculated to amuse at least some of you. Amuse? Nothing could be further from the truth. So, if we put that one to bed, let's get on with the serious business of reporting on sport from Hutton and the Hutton Sports Reports. This week, brace yourselves, the Cecil B. Trumpington Vertical Sufferers High Jump, the Cargo Space No Cargo Road Rally, the May West Memorial It's Not the Missions of My Life but the Life in My Missions Cup, the Talk About Lack of Suspense It's Alex Zuno Again Trophy, the Did You Spill My Pint Combat Belt, and the Wither Hutton Transport Shield. The Cecil B. Trumpington Vertigo Sufferers High Jump was particularly hard going this week. We think that most of the people must be in a tier 3 part of the galaxy and have stayed at home. That or talk, that or talk, that or talk of the Thargoids has suddenly turned most pilots into homebodies, which explains why, although Comet Born came top, it was not a terribly distinguished field this week. The Cargo Space No Car Go Road Rally saw some lively action with Daenerys and Mindwipe trying their hardest, but ultimately being vanquished by Sorota. Not a record run, but nothing to be ashamed of either. The May West Memorial, It's Not the Missions in My Life, but the Life in My Missions, Cup, once again showed that Freaky Eyes can do when he puts his mind and ship to it by trouncing Millstone Barn and The Burke. The talk about lack of suspense at Alex Zuno again trophy was... Nah, it's too boring. Even if Alex is doing a bang-up job, the Did You Spill My Pint combat belt was an extremely close-run thing, with Legion 917th coming up hard on the rails, crowding Chatham Mage at the last fence. But by a nose in the ship kit, the winner was Socks. The Wither Hutton transport shield was an easy win for Yurina Yoshida over Freaky Ice, who beat both Drew Peacock, who appears to have used an Imperial Eagle for the task. So, the anachronistic sound of a teletype leads us into the classified results. And do please check your coupon carefully, as last week Dead Meat GF tried to claim a decal using a 20p off packet soup coupon dated 3301. Comet Bon. 35, Hodger the Fool, 27, Sorota, 41, Daenerys, 22, Freaky Eyes, 526, Millstone Barn, 244, Alex Zuno, 224, Kinrain, 97, Kinrain also wins a special basket of fruit to take home. Socks, 35. Shattermage, 35. Yurina Yoshida, 2,280. Freaky Eyes, 1,099. Glenbuck Cherry Pickers, 1. Fuck Abbers, 4. Third Lanark, 3. Solway Star, 6. Jesus of Nazareth, 0. Judas Iscariot, 1. Honey Monster vs Big Bird, Honey Monster wins by technical defenestration. No decals to give away this week, as all of our winners already have one. 
we'd like to pause for a moment for a serious appeal. Your orbital is lonely. Last week, we talked about Commander Bograt's 70th best time for getting to Hutton. Well, they were just about the most recent visitor. We've only had seven commanders arrive in the last 30 days, and our mug storage area is full to the brim. Spare a thought for those of us having to store spare mugs under our beds, and please, please, come to Hutton and buy a mug. If it's a punishment for all those free anaconda jokes, it wasn't us. It was those big boys who live in the next street. If you want something to blame for all this nonsense, then look no further than the Hutton Helper. Go to hot.forthemug.com and download a register for the Hutton Helper so we can track your trucking achievements. It may not reduce your insurance payments, but it's a friend in your cockpit. At least that's what we think the photograph showed when we had our hand on. Show us what you can do. And you could be the proud owner of a Hutton decal to display on as many of your ships and SRVs as you wish. Be the envy of other pilots in whatever scruffy part of the galaxy you call home. Thank you, Mia. Now, before Amelia tells us what she's been sampling this week on our behalf, quite appropriately, we've delved into our history and found out how this kind of thing used to be done. This week, Hutton TV is proud to present the Trucker Gourmet. On this episode, the Gourmet prepares two dishes made from rare liquors. Grilled bacon and cheese with indie bourbon sautéed onions and prismatic onion head dip. And then we pour a tumbler of bourbon into the pan. Hmm. Blur's empty. Well, no matter. We pour another glass. Oh, that's weird. Could have sworn I started with a full bottle of bourbon. Ah, we'll just crack open it. And this week, the gourmet is joined by special guest Commander Draxer. Oh, that onion dip looks delicious. Yes, but you should take it easy. The intox... intox... The, the, the drugs they don't cook all the way out of the onion. <laughs> it's amazing. When, 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 when did everything get so shiny? <laughs> and next week on Hutton TV... The Trucker Gourmet continues his series on cooking with rare goods when he makes conga ale brats and leasty evil juice jello. To find out what is on Hutton TV right now, tune your communication browser to tv.forthemug.com. You know the whole point of this series just so we can get his hands on booze and onion head, right? Hutton TV. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. Sometimes, just sometimes, we come across something truly special here at the Galnet Food Digest. Something that makes all the risks we take and the strange and weird rare foods all worth it. This is one of those weeks. I'm in Duringus, a beautiful system. 
On arrival, you're greeted by an F-type star. But as you head out into the system, you realize what a paradise this place is, with three water worlds orbiting the primary star. Whilst the name water worlds conjures up ideas of ocean planets without land masses, the one we've landed on has islands dotted throughout. The temperate climate is reminiscent of medieval Europe, with ranging forests and grasslands and ancient trees. It's at the base of these trees, and only a very few of them, that this week's food can be found. And only at certain times of the year. A passing local opens one of his pockets and let me take a quick sniff. The aroma is enough to dilate my pupils on the spot and sets my mouth watering in an instant. He has freshly harvested this world's black diamonds. Duringus truffles. The single one he has in his pocket is small, maybe the size of a golf ball. But even this tiny sample is worth over 9,000 credits on the galactic market. And don't be fooled by the country bumpkin look. Our farmer friend flies a fair de lance and lives a life of luxury. As with its earthly cousin, the Duringus truffle is a rare thing and as of yet has proven nearly impossible to farm on an industrial scale. With the original varieties of truffle having been driven to extinction in the late 21st century by a glut of TV chefs and their Michelin-starred restaurants, they survive only in small private woodlands on Earth, guarded by whole platoons of ex-Federal Navy personnel and no small amount of military hardware. While the earthbound variety is a smooth fungus that appears in both black and white varieties, the Duringus truffle, once prepared, is a golden yellow in colour. Freshly unearthed, there is a strong aroma of petrichor, of the air after fresh rainfall in the forest, with earthy undertones. It is this smell that helps the Duringus truffle hunters, or more precisely, their truffle hogs, to locate each morsel. Early in the occupation of the planet, hunters used Momus bog spaniels, famed for their sensitive noses and short legs. But there was a complication. The Duringus truffle isn't smooth. It's covered in dark black hairs, hooked and barbed at the ends. The barbs latch onto the fur of the Momus spaniels, and after any particularly lucrative truffle snuffling session, they're more than likely to need to be shaved to remove the burrs from the truffles. Shaved Momus bog spaniels are really some of the most unappealing looking creatures in the galaxy. Modern farmers have revived an old tradition, the use of specially trained truffle hogs, bred exclusively on this world. They have particularly sensitive noses and with thick hides are able to resist the prickly exterior of the truffle. Special harnesses help the hogs hunt these little delicious nuggets, providing them with art artificial tusks that their own breed seem incapable of growing. Once unearthed, it's not immediately obvious how the truffle should be eaten or served. This is where specialist kitchen staff come in. The hairy exterior needs shaving, plucking, waxing or threading to reveal the smooth black surface of the truffle at which point it can be shaved for a second time into your favorite dish to give it a flavor that elevates even the blandest food. If you see twice shaved Duringus truffles on the menu, you're in for a treat. 
If you buy Duringa's truffle oil off the shelf or Duringa's salt, be aware it's a chemical approximation that most likely will smell like stale socks and taste nutty. And whilst it is tasty, it isn't even close to the real thing. The rarity is an issue for the connoisseur of such things. The truffles have 16 sexes, and only when all 16 are present in the area of woodland does just one of the sexes start fruiting, a process that takes over 20 years. Following that, they're exceedingly slow growing, reaching the size of a pea within t 10 more years. The golf ball sized one is probably 25 years old. It has been reported that there are rare finds of melon sized truffles, but these are scotched as fantasy and rumour. The Gullnet Food Digest wouldn't be the same if these weren't dangerous. And in their own way, they are. The hairy exterior of the truffle causes a rather extreme allergic reaction in humans. If a hair latches in your skin, or you breathe one, you can expect to start swelling in all manner of embarrassing ways. It starts with your extremities, leaving you looking for all the world like a cartoon clown. Then your facial features, your ears, nose, lips. We won't mention the effect on other body parts. Suffice to say, it can swell embarrassingly. It probably will. And it won't go down for weeks, even with treatment. But your truffle farmer and his truffle barber will look after you. They're, they'll carefully shave the fusty nugget and then shave it a second time over your lobster bisque or over your eggs royale for a dish that is quite simply fit for a king. There is a special treat waiting for me at the end of this meal. A double chocolate twice shaved Duringus truffle infused chocolate truffle. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Food Digest and I'm salivating at just the idea of one of these. If it's okay with you, I'm going to stop now and just savour the aroma. Galnet Food Digest. We eat the rarest and most delicious things in the galaxy. So you, so, so we don't have to share with you. Oh my goodness, Amelia. <clears throat> oh my goodness gracious me. You painted a picture there for us of oh the double chocolate. How did you get I mean that's a quite a mouthful. The double chocolate twice shaved Duringus truffle infused yep. chocolate truffle. Double chocolate twice shaved Duringus truffle infused chocolate truffle. Oh my goodness gracious me. It's sort <laughs> of savory. Yeah, sort of savory, but sort of sweet. I mean I'm assuming it's a dark chocolate. Oh, it says double uh, it, chocolate. It, it's Yes. Yeah. Dark I mean, milk well, technically, chocolate. no, technically white chocolate isn't a chocolate, it's a candy. Well, there you go. So this is so dark when, chocolate. When someone and... says, yeah, when someone says double chocolate, it's usually either multiple different types of chocolate because uh, different types of chocolate come from all over the world and multiple worlds in this case. Um, and then you have like, you can have it with milk. So milk chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but white chocolate isn't a chocolate at all. There's no chocolate in it. It's a candy. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. You learn something every day thanks to the Galnet Food Digest. But it does sound <laughs> delicious. And, of course, these things are significantly rare. I mean, they're not just slightly rare. They are proper rare. I mean, they were, what were you saying? It was it was 10 years before they fruit and then mm-hmm. an, another 20 years and then 10 more years before it's the size of a pea. Yeah, about 10 years before it's the size of a pea. Um, so the, the golf ball size one's about 25 years old. Wow. And they are significantly dangerous as well. Yes, but, I mean, legitimately dangerous. <laughs> yes, I mean, crikey, our, our apology officers swelling up like that. I mean, I'm just <laughs> imagining our little apology officers getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, huge hands and, and great big my feet. feet. My feet grow into 24 and a half times on normal size. <laughs> mm. Yes. And these huge I think I'm of- in love now. Yeah. You've been <laughs> truffling you've been truffling with my affections. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Hang on a sec, Flossy. <laughs> there we go. You hear, hear me walking through the kitchen and the slap, slap, slap of massive feet. I mean, but each canister of these things, Amelia, I mean we're talking nine thousand credits for something no bigger than a golf ball in one canister. Yeah. That's it's not cheap, but it is so worth it. Yeah. And of course, you don't need much, do you? You just need to shave a teensiest bit on your dinner. Yes, it's very strong. It's very pungent. Um, yeah. So you you don't need much. So one, one a golf ball sized one will last you a little while. Oh, crikey. Months and months and months. You know, just a little bit on your pasta here or a, a little bit in your, oh my goodness, in your soup. <laughs> yes. Or you can put it into You stayed clear of the, the subject of fake truffle. The fake well, truffle yeah, oil that's yeah, out there. there. Is the, well, we did we did cover the fake truffle oil. I mean, people use sort of the this... The sounds of it aren't. Yeah, I mean, tr- tr- truffle oils you can get and truffle salts. You can get Doringa's truffle salt. But, of course, these use, a, use a, a, a chemical instead that is an approximation of what they think it might, you know, smell like if, uh, if you could actually own one of these things. It's, yeah. I mean, if you can't afford the 9,000 credits for a real truffle, then try. You know, you might like it still, but it, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it was what two four diethylpentane is the is the chemical that's used to create the smell. There you go, like old socks. Yeah, it, it says it supplies a fair imitation of natural Doringa's truffle smell. Well, no, it isn't really. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not. Well, look, we're getting towards the the end of the show now. Um, so, is there anything else anybody wants to raise? What about next week's show? What's going on in next week's show? Green room. It's green room. Green room. Green room. Green room week. Well, we're hoping to invite some some guests to come and join us. We're hoping maybe um, Commander Kidray might be able to pop in and say hi. We are contacting Commander Fosdyke, he of the enormous lens and the very <laughs> close-up photographs of the tattoos on those ladies. Was it Tina and Rita? And and the agents of Spade to find out what they've been up to this week. And we'd like to say thank you very much to Commander Fosdyke as well, because obviously we kidnapped his his, his images from uh, from last week that he'd published and said, hang on a second, there's a fake mug there. And he's taken the idea and run with it a bit to the extent where there was a special piece of art he did for us. You may have seen earlier in the broadcast. We will try and publish it later where um, the HOPS team, the Hutton Orbital Police Service, have actually taken some top secret photographs of Tina and Rita handing over whatever this parcel mysterious parcel is does it contain mugs but we'd like to thank um commander fosdyke for actually sort of jumping on board and and helping out with that a little bit um it's always nice when we get that sort of interaction with new people that i mean that we know fosdyke and um but it's actually getting that interaction with the artwork has been absolutely fantastic we've got another thank you um as well for um if anybody was paying attention during the type 7 sketch they may have noticed something on screen if you're watching on twitch um, some of the beautiful uh, ship schematics 
that were done uh, well for for us and for ECM for those booklets that went out. Oh, I've got one of those. Yep. Was it? Was it? Is yep. it, is it Commander? Hang on a second. I'm trying. I, I always he tells me off because I use his real name, not his commander name, occasionally, and then I get into big trouble. So I'm not gonna. I always get them backwards. <laughs> so anybody but, feel me on which name I'm supposed to use so I don't get into awful trouble with him again? It's, we don't know, Dave. You've got a fifty-fifty chance. Go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'll tell yeah. You what, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. Um, well, he's living the edge. Um, <laughs> no, because I always get into big trouble because I I used his um, what do you call it? Discord handle once. Um, but and, and if, if we really Discord did, handle, out, wouldn't we? Discord. Yeah. Handle. Well, look, it's Commander Arathon, and I'm hoping I used the right one of the names. Anyway, it was Commander. Arathon. I'm assuming that's not his real name. Oh, I have no idea. But I, I get into I get into real trouble if I use the wrong ones. But yes, command, Commander Arathon of uh, www.elite-dangerous-blog.co.uk, I think. Yes. Um, has done done the artwork of the Type 7 there. And the rest of them, I mean, go look at them. These schematics are a, a complete work of art. I've got um, a giant one in my wall. A big A1 one of a tight name. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very jealous. I could, do, I could do A1 right behind me in the in the studio here as well. But uh, maybe maybe some other time when I find somebody with an enormous printer. Uh, we've had a big thank you from Titan Contract as well, Tcon Feed, at Tcon's, T-C-O-N underscore feed over on Twitter, saying thank you very much to everybody here on the radio show for mentioning Trip Epsilon on this week's Hutton Orbital News. Obviously, please do keep us up to date, uh, Titan Contractors, with what's going on there, and we will broadcast further news in, in Flossie's bit, won't we, Flossie? We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Oh, yes, yes. And, and, and feed information to Flossie so she can mention it in future weeks. So let us know how it's going, because they're going out on that expedition to the... Was it was it the Megaships one? Yeah. Um, so they can bring us up to speed. And I know, you know, Commander Wotherspoon likes mentioning some of these sort of historical things in, in his Galnet news, but um, well, if you've not Generation been ships, them, uh, sorry, generation ships. Generation ships, sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, sorry yeah. The, the generation ships, uh, there, there are audio messages and there are text messages. If you get it right, you can, you can listen to what happened to some of these generation ships as well. So it is well worth, if you've got some free time, um, look up Titan Contractors uh, over on Twitter at Tcon underscore feed, and you'll find out a little bit more information about what they're up to. Do we have other things? Yes, to Beetle Jude. Again. Again, yes. For the artwork. <laughs> Yes, well, my artwork actually arrived on Monday, so I would like to say a big thank you again to Beetlejuice. Was that your, um, was that just, your mighty, mighty orca? That was the mighty orca, or the flaming orca. That was the so florca. stunning. Nice. Yes, the florca, yes. The flamorca. But wasn't that, wasn't that in one of the Marvel Avengers films? Oh, that was a flurkin, wasn't it? That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, and also for obviously the artwork behind the Galnet Food Digest, the the uh, the sketches of you know what does it look like? Obviously, you know Amelia paints these glorious pictures with words, but um, Beetle Jude sort of takes those and does us some sketches every single week. You know, four or five sketches, and we really do appreciate it. And of course, she's uh, incredibly is, talented. Oh, w- watching the little um, sped up videos of of her drawing some of these. Oh yeah, brilliant. There are things do, I could do given a bit of time. You know, I can I can yeah, learn. But they're many, not many actually things. sped up. They're not sped up. She just does them like that. <laughs> she does them at that speed. But no, yeah, I mean, yeah. there, there are things. There are things I can do. You know, if you put your mind to it. You could spend time learning something, and you could. There's lots you could achieve in this world. I know for a fact that with no practice in the world, could I get anywhere close to as good as Beetlejuice is with that artwork? Yeah. It's a talent. I'd, I'd be the same. I don't know if you can actually do a stick orca, but I would do a stick orca. <laughs> a stalker. Yes, a you can draw a stalker. <laughs> yes, it's head, legs. Um, yeah, so thank you very much to Beetlejuice and, of course, Commander Wotherspoon, who unfailingly turns out some, some exceptional writing for the Galnet 
digest as well for us every week. I mean, it is helped by the fact there's actually some real news at the moment, which we're loving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Flossie, your prediction mm-hmm. before we go, the these ones, so we're not getting free goodie giveaways on this one. We're not getting sort of frame shift drive boosters and super duper weapons. No. So the, awesome. the last ones have mopped up with about a day to spare, I would say. The previous... Um, they actually ended a few hours early oh, because right. it was, they were due to end at um, seven o'clock on Wednesday morning. But they actually, I would ended the, it the early Their mum called them in early for their tea, so they had to <laughs> a go. A few hours mm. early. So, what's your prediction for this one? I mean, is it going to be as popular? Do you think we're going to hit the targets? Well, I know there's been a lot of uh, whinging about the distance to the station. Forty-one thousand. Oh, oh, right. Light seconds. <laughs> oh, for goodness' here sake. At Hutnall, but hang on, yeah. Fuzzy. Yeah. This, this is specially for the whingers. And of course, <laughs> uh, apparently the prices aren't very high, so there won't be much profit. Well, I just said in our um, mods Discord, it's not about the profit. <laughs> no, profit margin's never really no, matters at all. Yeah, I um, I quoted the first couple of lines of the Hutton Truckers song anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's well, all for the mug. So I think if plenty of truckers get on it, we'll easily make the target. I think I'm going to have a go at this one because it's not all combat this week as well. So for the likes yeah. of you and myself, yeah, except when I get the occasional bit of bloodlust. But for the most part, I like the cargo ones better. So I oh, can just I do. Definitely, fly yeah. in. So I think you might get more of an uptake from people who want to do cargo ones and not do combat so but much. Al- but also, if there's a big flight, surely you just load up a big fleet carrier somewhere, dump it on the destination, unload the damn thing. I mean, it's, it's not... We've got well, the tools these well. days. We've got the tools. Yeah. I've got a Titan 9. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Frisky Hippo will carry all I need. Right. Well, has anybody got anything else? Commander Palantir, have you got anything else for this week? Are, are you in charge <laughs> next week, or is it back to the Normski? I don't mind. I, it's... Norm, unless Norm, Norm wants a week off, I'm quite happy to have a play. Okay, well, we will be back next week. It will be a green room week. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. in order to join us in the green room, Dead Meat, do you want to give people their instructions about what you have to do to join us in the green room? Uh, yes, take take the week off and don't know. <laughs> you join uh, TeamSpeak at ts.forthemug.com. Which is not a website. Um, this is, this is not a website. Address. This is the server address for the TeamSpeak client. If you don't have the TeamSpeak client, how have you been listening to us for this long? Um then you just land on the landing pad and join the radio green room and then when it comes to the time we will come and speak to you the the show is actually broadcast into the green room so you can listen in as you go without having to fire up an extra Indeed, yes. um, client obviously you could mute it and watch it and join us later if you wanted to watch the shenanigans. I, believe, I believe there are two green rooms aren't there there's one where everyone stays quiet and you listen and there's one where people talk over the show so whichever is your favourite, that's the one you join. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to have a couple of guests with us as well. But yes, we, we, we come around, we sort of ask you what your what your time's been like flying a Spain ship and what you've been up to and have you been mining or taking part in CGs. And of course, if you get completely tongue-tied, just shout for the mug and we, we move on. We take turns, as is usually. If I say, oh, is it my turn now? The answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah it'll be lovely to catch up with a few of the community if you want to come and join us um, it is now have we got any clocks changed are clocks are changed next week or this week yeah this, the whole the whole universe moves back it's the last Sunday in the month which is yeah. this Sunday isn't it this yeah. Sunday so we're still going to be at 1930 oh. UTC but we're not going yes. to be at 2030 BST 
Uh, no, we're no, going to be, no, going to be another way around. We're at twenty thirty. Twenty thirty UTC. UTC, yeah. So if you, yeah, so I, if you're used to listening at nineteen thirty UTC, we're changing to twenty thirty UTC, which is still, uh, it's the, still the same time. I still think to, for, yeah. It's twenty <laughs> thirty for us. It's twenty thirty UTC. Whatever the time uh, is in the UK, it's at eight thirty, right? What everybody else is on. Uh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll be five five hours ahead of the uh, Eastern time, but then they're, they're changing their they won't have changed their clocks until the beginning of November. So briefly, we'll actually be uh, only four hours ahead of them. It's is all it? very oh, confusing. Is it, no, is it six hours ahead? Oh, <laughs> it, look, it, it's eight thirty UK time. Look out for the tweets. We always tweet before the show, anyway. Yeah. Um, and we'll let there's you know a, how there's a minutes. podcast if you miss it. Yeah, um, which we will upload to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to pop along to that if you've missed anything or you want to listen again and see if your name was mentioned by the uh, sports report. Um, but we will upload it to the YouTube this evening and then uh, Norm does an awesome edit for us to remove all of the bad bits. So the show ends up two so minutes the, long. The 20-minute show, yeah. And then he uploads <laughs> it to our, um, our podcast as well. So other than that, look, it's thank you very much from everybody on the team. Thank you very much to Flossie. Thank you. And to Dead Meat GF. It was a pleasure. To Mia, the apology officer. Ta very much. To Amelia, our resident gourmet. For the mug. To Palantir, our resident gourmand. Thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll leave you with Cecil and, of course, the traditional tune. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Journey too long, no cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, everybody's seen a trucker song. Flossie always seems to crash into the sun. Skibbolized the pilot on the Xbox One. Having out the free, you know, leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody out for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's singing the Chucker's song for the more. For the more, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the Chucker's song.
Give me a large pile that I can land on And I'll give you cargo and sing you my song No point twenty-two light years to go Cruising to No journey too long No cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, any time, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the Everybody sing the Chucker song For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more Everybody sing the Chucker song